Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Good afternoon, friend. How you doing? Hello. Hello. I'm doing well. Good to Good. be here. Good to see you. I think we got all the yawn, yawns out. Yawn. Which normally we're at so late at night, and this is four in the afternoon. Well, almost 4.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. But, you know, for me, at least, it's the middle of the afternoon that I'm well, besides the night, I'm just tired all the time now. It's like a perpetual state of being for me right at this juncture of my life. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I feel like I need a vacation, which we'll have soon-ish. And then maybe I can rest. That sounds nice. I'm for it. Resting would be great. So, hey, happy Lent. Oh, wait. Yes. Do people say happy Lent? I don't think that that's oh. it's kind of oxymoronic. Isn't Can it? Lent or... be upon you? I don't know. That, that sounds like a that sounds unpleasant. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to come up with a Mary Lentmas. Hmm. No. That just sounds sacrilegious. It does kind of. <laughs> anyway, so Lent started yesterday, Ash Ash Wednesday. Yep. What the heck is this Lent thing anyway? okay so i first heard about lent when i first heard about fat tuesday which is actually kind of funny so i got i went down i didn't grow you know i didn't grow up in the church um and so if you know where fat tuesday is the big celebration down in new orleans and uh and i got invited down to the jazz club because i was in jazz club because i really badly played the upright bass um but i got to go to new orleans and uh it happened to be around this time and so mardi gras happened to be going on and i was like what is with mardi gras because it was like a weird mix of like all this crazy stuff with like religious stuff okay. like, and i was like what is happening and they said oh well you know it's because this wednesday this week starts lent and i was like what is lent and they said well it's the time when you cleanse yourself before easter so you make a, a you know you go get absolved of all your sins and you start a time of fasting and and meditation and prayer and things to get closer to god before easter comes so fat tuesday is a day where we can sin as much as possible so that we can go to the church on wednesday and and become clean before we have to be holy there is so much spiritual like depth in what you just said yeah if we think through how how we operate as christians <laughs> yeah and i was 14 so i was like oh cool and i like didn't care anything else about it but <laughs> but now that i think back i'm like that is a crazy thing to think about and now not everybody who does mardi gras actually it's become less actually religious mm -hmm. well well lent has actually become even less religious <laughs> Which is kind of for some people certainly. Yeah. Um it can be um again more ritualistic and less meaningful. But anything can. In the church, anything that becomes just the ritual for the sake of ritual, there's there's always that kind of pushback, especially by by our modern Western thinking, like we push back on ritual for the sake of ritual. And I think for good reason, mm -hmm. because if it doesn't mean anything to you, why do you do it? Right. Mm -hmm. um, but especially if you think about fat Tuesday to Ash Wednesday 
And if you think about it in the sense of that gluttonous, insatiable appetite, I'm going to, I'm going to stuff in as much as I can before Lent this Mm -hmm. time of fasting. And you're like, well, wait a second. Isn't that kind of defeating the entire purpose of drawing close to God? Mm -hmm. Right. I'm going to sin as much as I possibly can or eat as much as I possibly can for, you know, in the concept of making it about food or fill in the blanket. Gluttony is not just food, friends. You can be gluttonous in a whole lot of aspects of life. Basically, it's just this insatiable appetite for pleasurable things. Um, be, be, take that wherever you need to take it. But, but I think we're missing the point of Lent if we have to make the before Lent be so destructive in this pursuit of our appetites. Hmm. Yeah. And I, well, I think it all goes points to what's your view of God. Yeah. Is God one that in your opinion takes things away from you, takes away the enjoyable things for you, which would be some people would say, well, if I'm fasting or I'm a lot of people give up something pleasurable. Um, Some people use it as a time of, uh, you know, self-reflection or they use it as a time to, you know, give up a bad habit or something, not even necessarily for God, just to be, you know, be healthier or better in some way. But if your review of God is he takes away from me, then yeah, it makes total sense to get it while you can before the eye of God is closer on you and, you know, right. Um, watching you better more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you wait out your 40 days, essentially of fun exile until Jesus comes back and you can be happy. You know, that's even where Easter eggs come from. In the Middle Ages, in Lent, eggs were something you couldn't eat. And so um, finding the eggs was like, oh, like we can eat eggs again. Like, hooray. There you go. That and it was also tied into Diana as well. But, you know, but um, and the and the pagan stuff, too. But that was also one of the yeah things with eggs. But, but yeah, but if you, but if you view God as not someone who takes away, but to someone who adds better to your life, then Mm -hmm. Lent, I think is a very different experience and let us remove the stuff that doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. make room for the things that do matter. Mm -hmm. Or focusing on if you're giving, if you're saying, I'm not going to watch TV this Lent. So that the time that I would spend watching TV, I spend with the Lord mm-hmm. in prayer, in Bible reading, in meditation, whatever the case may be. That makes sense. You're you're developing your relationship with the Lord. You're growing your relationship with the Lord. But if you're just, I'm going to give up TV, but then I use that time to read fiction books that aren't godly you know, or are holy, or I'm not going to watch TV, but I'm still going to treat my spouse and children horribly mm-hmm. because I'm not getting to watch my TV or fill, fill in the blank, right? For, uh, yeah. Use whatever example that works for your context, but we miss then Lent. So I was, we were looking up before we started recording kind of some of the history of Lent and uh, it is to me. It's super interesting how 
Lent has, <laughs> has kind of gotten off the rails in some respects, but this is what it says. This is from uh, Groundwork Online. It's a, it's a Bible, it's a blog, but I, I have looked from a couple different sources. I like the way that this guy says it the best, but he says historians generally agree that the 40 day period before Easter known as Lent emerged shortly after the council of Nicaea in 325 AD. Earliest observances of Lent seem to have focused particularly on the practice of fasting. Council records the records suggest that the fast applied at first mainly to new converts as a period of repentance and reflection before baptism on Easter. In any case, Lent quickly became a general practice church-wide. The actual 40-day period varied, um, and then the fasting was, was a kind of different kind of fasting as well than sometimes we think of today. It was a strict fast, one meal each day after 3 p.m., with no meat, fish, or dairy. Mm -hmm. And then it says it wasn't until Pope Gregory the first finally who finally regularized regularized, excuse me, the period of the fast churchwide to begin on a Wednesday, 46 days before Easter, with a ceremony of ash, and not to include Sundays, which were days of celebration. So it's one of those things that the the point initially, because we were also looking back at some of the other I was um, doing some looking at Didache, which is a, an ancient father's, uh, Greek father's, church father's uh, writing of teaching. That's actually from the Greek word Didache, which means to teach or teaching. And they had some ideas about new converts as they were getting prepared to be baptized, become members of the church, that they would go through a, a period of fasting before that baptism, a period of teaching, of fasting, of repentance, of reflection. Uh, to really solidify their decision to convert to this new faith Christianity. And I think sometimes we now make Lent this this like one span of time during the year that we like focus maybe a little bit more on God than we do the rest of the year. We give up a thing that we like to do or a food that we like to eat. And we maybe don't think about repentance mm. and reflection as much. Now I'm not, Again, this isn't a general, um, it's not everybody in the church, I'm not making broad generalizations here, but uh, but I think it, it can be that way for some, so. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's like anything, you know, it's a tool and, and people, you know, um, this has been an institution that's been around a long time. And so, you know, you do get the different people who think, this is exactly what it means or what it doesn't mean. Right. You know, um, I think so my husband grew up Catholic. So for him, all growing up, um, Lent was you do not eat any uh, meat except for fish, because that's not meat for some reason, on uh, on Fridays. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I'm actually really curious about that. I did not grow up Catholic. Like, why? And he was like, I don't know. You just did it. Right. And it just, it's just that, you know, and that, I mean, when we can do that, I'm, I'm making fun of him a, a little bit for that, but we do that with a lot of things, right? In church. Do you ever think about the why, why are we doing, why do we sing? Right. What, why, why a pew? Mm -hmm. Right. Like why? And I know not all churches have those things, but it's sometimes really good to think about why Yeah. the why of worship. Mm -hmm. um 
and not and and I think sometimes we get caught up in the semantic of the how. I think that's why yeah. we have so many different different denominations that just uh, and different expressions. And sometimes we think because it's different that somehow it's bad. Well, and and the opposite can be true. It's different, so it's better. Yeah. yeah oh, that yeah. Rebel. We we got to be different. We got to make ourselves unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like, you know. Well, I mean, in our in our denomination, um. William Booth said, you know, do what works for the kingdom of heaven. Right. Right. Which is funny because then we've institutionalized a whole bunch of those things. It's hard not to institutionalize things. It People is. get it accustomed. Is. They get comfortable. It's, it's human nature. This is how we this is how we do it. Right. Um, I remember when I first got to my first congregation and um they were pretty much all new coming in, but there was one lady who had been there on and off for like 30 years. And she would only come. She probably came like six times in the five years I was there. Okay. But every so often she would. She would come around. Mm-hmm. And it happened to be Palm Sunday. So um, I had, you know, I gave all the. So when I when I was in church as, as a kid. How they did, they gave all the kids palms mm-hmm. and then the kids would wave them in worship, you know, mm-hmm. like Hosanna, Hosanna, you know, and then they would like immediately like for, dis- disregard them and like get rid of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's how that was my only context really with Palm Sunday. So I did, I got little palms and I gave them to all the kids and I was like, you know, have fun, like wave them around. But then this, this lady was like, where is the parade? And I was like, I don't know what that is. She's like, no, you're supposed to take everyone out of the church. And you're supposed to give us all Easter uh, or palms. We're supposed to walk around the church, the whole building. And then we're supposed to come into together and lay our palms on the, on the table, on the holiness table. And I was like, what? And then, but she was so at like, this is how we do it. And she was like, I can't believe they haven't trained you properly. I can't believe, you know, our traditions are in the trash can. Like, and you new young people don't know how to do things. And she was so mad. And she was like, where's the book that tells you how to do it? And I was like, I have never seen a book. That does, that sounds kind of cool to me. I have literally never heard of this in my whole life. But she was adamant. This is how we do Palm Sunday. And then she didn't come back again for another two years. So I don't know. But but we get that way with some stuff that it does doesn't why? You know? Yep. Maybe I'm just talking because I'm tired, but just the, the why. Why? Yeah. And I believe that we should be carrying those things down. I remember in it, you know, in reading in the old testament, they would put up pillars of stones and they say, so you don't forget. Mm-hmm. And I think those things are important, but I, I also think it's important sometimes to reevaluate is what is what we're doing still meaningful. Right. Well, and it's different if the Lord dis, uh, um, prescribed things yeah. in scripture, right? Yeah. It's a very different thing than we just have a man-made, human-made tradition that there's no prescriptive delineation in in the bible that says this is how you do it and this is 
when you do it and this is you know all of these things right um i think of the very very you know common story or probably people have heard it but of the of the woman who they're at a thanksgiving meal and they're prepping the ham and the wife cuts it in half and puts it in the oven and the husband goes how'd you cut the ham in half i don't know because this is what my mom did we always cut the ham in half so he calls up mom like mom why 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 we cut the ham in half for thanksgiving I don't know, because my mom always cut it in half. So they call grandma. Grandma, why do we cut the ham in half? Well, because I didn't have a pan big enough for the ham. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so we cut a ham in half because grandma, two generations ago, <laughs> didn't have a, a pan big enough to cook a whole ham. Um, And this can happen in the church. And I'm not saying there, there are very healthy... Rituals, I, you know, I was reading a, I'm reading a book right now, completely, completely 100% unrelated to God, the Bible, Christianity, whatever. It's a fantasy book, whatever. But one of the things that came up and I, so kind of switching gears, let's flip this a little bit, where they had a very, um, it's a very sudden death of a family member, but they had a very prescribed ritual as to how to handle that death. And the, the character says, or the narrator of the story says this ritual of death was very comforting because in the midst of grief, you didn't have to think about things. You could just do the ritual. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there are times when ritual can be a healthy thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, please don't hear that. We're knocking all ritual or, but just, it is very healthy also to think about and reflect on why do we do the things we do? If we think about how we do church, when if we have a certain liturgy, liturgy, or we have a certain way we do Palm Sunday, or a certain way we celebrate Ash Wednesday, or Monday Thursday, or Good Friday, mm -hmm. rituals aren't all bad unless they start to mean nothing, right? If you're just going through the motions to go through the motions, then I'd question the ritual. But if for you the ritual has significance and importance and and helps you grow closer excuse me in your relationship to the lord then that's a healthy use yeah. of ritual um i find that it uh, every so often i enjoy an ash wednesday service so i'll go find a church that hosts one i we don't host a, an ash wednesday service here um but sometimes it's nice to worship with other christians from other denominations oh. and celebrating ash wednesday yeah Unfortunately, yesterday was not one of those days. I did not make that happen. But um, but again, if you just do it because this is the hoop I'm supposed to jump through to be a good, proper Christian, eh, let's take a look at the whys. Yeah. But it goes with anything. Even Bible reading can become ritualist, ritualized for you and cease to have the meaning that it once did. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you. Um... And I think it starts to get back to the, yeah, why, like, how do we make this relevant and not just, you know, lip service? And I also think, you know what, I think it's a good practice, maybe even this Lenten series, series is to look at how, how other um, different denominational groups do that. 
And I mean, like, go way out. Go Eastern Orthodox versus um, Mennonite. I don't know. Like, yes. you know yes. what I mean? Like, that could be something that could be yep. cool. Well, I think of, um, so as you were talking, it made me think of when David, uh, King David in Psalm 51 said, um, for you do not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. Give me a second. I'll get the rest of it. Yep. Um, oh, why am I not reading this quickly? Here we go. Uh, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you do not despise. Um, just the idea that again, ritual isn't all bad, but if it doesn't mean anything, then it becomes problematic. And I also think too, we can become dog. Uh, I was saying before we started recording, we can become dogmatic. That is kind of legalistic, Pharisee is stick. That's not a word. But I'm it's sure I'm making that, but. Yeah, thank you. Um, we can sometimes in the church become dogmatic about the things that we should probably not be, and then then loose about the things that we should probably be dogmatic about. Um, <laughs> you know, the the supremacy of of God. You know, we we need to be dogmatic about that. Um, the fact that Jesus says specifically says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." Um, there's an okay aspect of being dogmatic about that. Yeah. Um, but if we're dogmatic about, we can only have Lent in this way, or we can only have Palm Sunday in this way. I think that is not found in scripture. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I have found that times in my life um, where I needed to kind of have a very structured Lent, where I, I focused on time, you know, giving up a, a thing or um, spending specific time on a, on specific days with the Lord was beneficial to me. There have been other years where I did not do that. And I found other ways to use this season of the church calendar to grow in my faith. There are other times when I just in that season wasn't growing at all in the faith. And so you know, that speaks to its own set of things too, right? Um, our growth in Christ is not linear, doesn't usually work in a very straight trajectory at times. And that's that's okay too. That's how I relationships mean, work. Wibbly, I mean, why I mean wibbly wobbly stuff? Yeah. That's Ups and downs, left and right. <laughs> Falling in a pit, getting back out. Yeah. Spinning around in a circle for a hot minute. Well, because when we were talked about, right, it's not, it's not just about the destination, right? Yeah. <laughs> Our goal as here as Christians is not to just hopefully get to heaven one day. It's to yeah. be united with God. Absolutely. That's our, that's our goal. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what he offers us. And if, and if this season of Lent is a time to be beneficial for you, um, Go for it. But there isn't one right or wrong way, in my opinion, to do it. Um, right. Yeah. Absolutely. So I don't know, friends, those of you who might be listening, what what are your Lenten traditions? Do you? Yeah, I. there's so many. 
And there's so many different ways to celebrate and to honor this time in preparation for Easter. And I think especially when you get to Holy Week and you have, you know, Monday, Thursday, if you've never been to a Monday, Thursday service at a Catholic church, it can be inspiring. It's that foot washing ceremony. And then oftentimes there is a, a time of vigil, vigil, um, vigil. Gosh, English and I are not getting along today. Um, where you, you stay up the night, Thursday night up till Friday morning, uh, kind of keeping in parallel or mirroring the scriptures where Jesus takes his disciples to the garden of Gethsemane and asks Peter, James, and John to stay up with him and pray and they fall asleep. Um, then you have obviously good Friday, uh, which I've had some very poignant good Friday services that I've attended, uh, that really have. Because one of the things that can happen in our walk with Jesus is things become so familiar that they lose their power. Mm. Oh, yeah. And Good Friday is one of those, at can be at times, uh, where we kind of take for granted the sacrifice that Christ gave on the cross that day. And it is important, I think, to not let it lose its power. Yeah. And I just, I, I do want to go back one more time to that comment you made at the very beginning about Fat Tuesday and, and sure. New Orleans. And just think about the kind of the, the incongruency that we can sometimes have in our faith if we think, oh, I just, I can sin on this day because tomorrow I'm going to repent. Because hmm. that's the idea, right? Of kind of a Fat Tuesday sort of meant. Or it yeah. can be. I'm not saying it is for everybody, but where I'm going to eat as much as I want because I'm going to start fasting tomorrow. Or I'm going to sin as much as I want because I know I'm going to confession tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And we're missing, like, it's not, God doesn't want a relationship with us where on Saturday night we can do whatever we want, but on Sunday morning we give it to him sort of a thing where yeah. he only gets out. a part of our day or a part of our life or a part of who we are. And you just miss out on so much, like what God, you know, you know, I, 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 we joke about this, uh, or when in, in, in soldiership class or in catechism class, Salvation Army catechism class is what I, membership class where we talk about doctrines. And in that class, I usually end up when I, we were talking about sin, I usually say, imagine, um, you know, uh, you're standing on the edge of a cliff and on the, over the edge of the cliff is certain sin and death. Okay. Just like no coming back okay and if you some people some people tend to get as close to the edge of the cliff as possible to the very how close can i get to sin and death <laughs> like and when you're when you're there um there are there's not a lot of movement right that you can have like there like you're pretty restricted mm -hmm. um you you can't do much there. Uh, it's actually kind of scary. Um, but you're not over the cliff. You're just right on the edge. And when people can say, how can I even get closer? Can I even get closer? Well, you know what's going to happen eventually. You're going to ah, right fall over. But if you decide, hey, I see that cliff over there and I really do not care to fall into the giant pit below. So I'm going to just hang out, you know, 100 feet or so from there and here i can build a house and i can have a picnic and i can do cartwheels all day and i am very 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 free 
because the cliff is over there, right? And I, I kind of liken that in a somewhat bad analogy, but you follow it with um with my walk with God, right? If I, if I'm just towing, how close can I get and still be okay? Right. How much can I dabble before it's too far? Right. Or can I just avoid that whole shebang? Absolutely. And uh you know, we have a lot I have a lot of freedom. Yep. Yeah. So whatever you give away, give up or don't give up today, you know, this season of Lent. And some people like to add things to their day. So add a, another Bible reading or add a devotional book they're doing, which is great. Um, whatever, whatever you do, do so for the glory of God. Amen. That's your final thought for tonight? That today? Is, that's, that's clear and concise. Do it all for the glory of God. <laughs> that's right. I love it. I think that's completely perfect. <laughs> um, I think scripture talks to that. It's somewhere in there. That's, yeah, it is. All right, friends. I'm tired, so I'm calling it a night. Sounds but good. we'll catch you guys next week um, where we'll talk about something. I'm sure of it. Convinced of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. It'll come. We'll talk about something. Anyway. But seriously, if you guys have, you know, things things that you do for lunch or, you know, engage in conversation in the comments or um, those of you who know, know us well enough, you can email us or text us or just shoot us a, a little note that says, this is what I do for Lent. Mm -hmm. We'd love to hear from you. So anyway, in the meantime, God blesses us. Why Amanda? So we can be a blessing to others. Sounds good to me. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>